0: Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. <clears throat> but I'm in Psalm 133, is where I'm gonna preach from tonight. Psalm 133. I hope it's will be a help to you tonight. It's, it's helped me studying for it today. I've just... Uh, I was, uh, Sister Melissa asked me what I'd done. I said, well, I read the Bible a lot today and prayed and talked on telephone. That's about all I'd done. I had a hot dog for lunch, but uh, that's about it. About the highlight of the day right there. Uh, Reading the word of God. Lord gave me this. uh, This thought came on me real strong yesterday. uh, In prayer, I didn't know what to do for tonight, but it's been easy to call somebody and let somebody else preach. But uh, I, I... he gave me this, he put this on my heart and I couldn't get rid of it. I mean, it's, it just stuck to me. I love this psalm. I've heard Roger Duncan preach out of this uh, uh, before and, and, and he done a masterful job. And I've heard several men preach out of this particular. Jack Taylor used to quote that first verse often. If he didn't quote it, uh, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Then he'd quote this, behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to to dwell together in unity. That is his two verses. Yeah. But I love his psalm. Let me read this. And I'm just gonna, just gonna share just a couple, few brief thoughts on it tonight. And pray it'll be a blessing to you. I, the, the, the last verse just got on me today. God got on me with this. pray it'll help you tonight. Psalm 133, if you found it, say Amen. amen. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore father I love you I thank you for letting me be here tonight I thank you for every good thing you've blessed us with I thank you God for every person that's in a pew and for for we thank you for Jude and Hannah and the kids being with us tonight Lord that's a blessing in our life we're depending on you now God to stand with me help me tonight I pray you'd fill my mouth and guard my tongue Preach me with accuracy inside the bounds of the Holy Writ. God, we just depending on you to help us. Lord, uh, we, we, we love you and we thank you. If there's someone unsaved here tonight, it would be a good night for them to come to know the Lord. But God, you know what you're going to do. And I ask it in the King's name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And my thought on this message is, is kind of unusual. I the benefits of brethren... Benefits of brethren, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Uh, not everyone that claims to be a Christian today is actually saved. But, but there is benefits to being one of the brethren. Now we know this is Old Testament times. This is during the law. The law's in full effect right here I, I, as we read these passages of scripture. Most theologians believe the old guys that much smarter than I am and studied for years. Brother Jimmy, they believe David wrote this after the the Civil War, <clears throat> when he was king in Judah for seven and a half years. David was king there, and during that time, there was war with the other eleven tribes, and so the the, the and, and the Bible said that David waxed stronger and stronger. So. God was blessing David even in a time of war. Now, there's people dying during this time that we wonder why that has to happen. I'm gonna tell you why. Because it's appointed unto man wants to die. Everybody in this room's got an appointment. We don't like the appointments, but we keep the appointments. So We don't know when that's gonna be. My daddy, I don't know why this just come on my mind. My daddy was in a head-on collision in 1960. 59 or 60 down below where Shaddens is at now, him and four other boys was going to a revival one night. They come around the curb and there's two old drunk boys in an old ton truck, come around the curb on the wrong side and hit dad and them boys head on in that automobile. And my daddy was in the back seat and old car seats had big springs in them. You remember them, Gordon. And, and my daddy's head, they didn't, nobody wore seat belts back then. And my daddy's head went through that seat and those springs scalped my daddy. I mean, literally, pulled the, pulled the hide off his head and his skulls to show And so when they got there, they just covered dad up for dead and hauled him up to the hospital, had him laying out there in the hallway and, and they thought he hadn't made it. Now, some of them other boys uh, died in the wreck, is a bad wreck. And so, they had my daddy covered up, had a sheet over him. They said he didn't make it. Well, Uncle Herbert, his brother, showed up at the hospital and back then, you just coming in as you wanted to. They didn't stop you, you just waited in there. He said, where's he had. said, he's back here, yeah, he's dead. And he said, well, I'm gonna go see. When he got back there and Dad's finger was doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Herbert went to having a fit. I got a little bit of his I'm a little bit like him he went to having a fit hey he's not dead he's moving well they got him they rushed in there and got that in the surgery pulled his head back his scalp back up sewed him together my daddy had a massive scar right here it looked like laugh lines as he got older but he was scarred all over his forehead and it's where they sewed him back up but he was he was he was this close to dying Why didn't he die? Wasn't his appointment. Wasn't his appointment. God worked it out. We don't know why our people had to leave the way they did, Jude, but the appointment came. The appointment came. We can't do a thing about the appointment. The appointment comes. It's appointed unto man. And people were dying during this war. David's watching this war go on. But then all of a sudden, the war is over. And they think David wrote this psalm when the war had ended, and all of Israel come back together, you can look it up in Samuel when you get home for a Bible study. And he said, "Behold," in hillbilly lingo, that means "looky here." Yeah. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Now, if we go into the Bible, we go into Genesis chapter four. We don't get far into the Bible. We find that brethren don't dwell together in unity. I mean, four, four chapters in, the brothers killing each other. I mean, Cain done rose up against Abel, slew him out in the field. He's jealous over what he's been able to bring to God. So we find it. Then, then it just goes on and on. We find where the brethren don't get along. We find Joseph's brethren. They're not in unity. Well, they were in unity. They wanted to kill Joseph. That's what they want to do, put him in a pit. They want rid of this boy. We find over and over, the brethren don't dwell together in unity. One of my heroes of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul. He's got Mr. Encouragement with him named Barnabas. Mr. Encourager wants to bring John Mark, who's his nephew. But John Mark backed up one time on God and didn't want to follow through. So Paul's done with him. Better learn a lesson. He ain't the only one ever backed up a step or two. I'm talking to everybody in the room that's backed up a step or two. You're not full steam ahead. Hey, ram guns are blaring all the time. They've been a time or two you've had to duck or dodge or back up, hide in the closet, something happened, you didn't like the way it went, you're ready to throw in the towel. Oh yeah, we've all been there. Barnabas was the encourager. Paul said he can't come. You know what they done? They weren't in unity anymore. I mean the top man of the New Testament other than Christ. And now, Jimmy... There's dissension between them. They're not in unity anymore. David didn't say, he said, it's pleasant. So you know what he's saying? Unity is possible. Unity is possible. You know what happened just a few minutes ago? Most everybody in this room got to think in the Lord because he'd done something good for them if you put a piece of bread in your mouth, you're breathing his air today. If you drove an automobile up here to work you're wearing, or to church tonight, you're wearing clothes that God before. All the earth is his and the fullness thereof. It all belongs to him. You don't own nothing but your soul and he said in Ezekiel 18, all souls is mine. He expects you to give it back to him. It's all his. Do you do with the stuff you own, do you do with it what you want? Sure you do. Unless Adrian tells you not to, I'll <laughs> Put in a plug for the wife. But you do with what you own and you do what you want. God's no different, it's all his. But David said it's good when we dwell together in unity There's two things there concerning that. It's good and it's pleasant. I thought of you today when I was reading that. I thought you had the right name. He's not always, but most of the time, Jimmy Pleasant, that's the right name for him. I'll tell you this, I found him pleasant more times than not. I found him when he is sick, he is still pleasant. how good it is when we're in unity and when we're walking in our mind. It's, it's, look, when I esteem Jerry better than myself, when I want better for him, when I'll take less and give him more, you know what God says? I'm feeling it right there. You know what God says about that? And now you're getting in unity. Now you're getting where I can do something with you. Now you're getting where I want you to be. That, that, when, I, when, when I want Bubba to catch a bigger bass than I've ever caught in my life, you know, and he'll do it too. I'm heading down the right road, Kevin. When I'm thinking more for Kevin than I'm thinking for Mike, hey, I'm going in the right direction. David said it's good and pleasant. Why is this? Why would you say that? Because David had the kind of heart that he said, don't take it out on them, God. Take it out on me. You know who David's a picture of? Jesus. Not when he sinned, but Jesus became sin for me. But he's a picture of Jesus. We see verse number one. We see unity is possible. You may not think it is. Or oh, it is. And if it's not, maybe you're the reason it's not. God checked me on that today, so I'll just check us. God checked me on it. If there's not unity, are you the reason it's not there? You know the only way contention can come according to the Bible? Tell me, Wade. I thought you had I, that, that's not the verse <laughs> pride contention it's, pride is the only way it can come according to Proverbs it's the only way it can come so if there's, if there's disunity then the problem is not the problem, pride's come up somewhere. Pride's an ugly thing. And I found this, I used to think city people were proud, they're not proud, it's country people that's proud. Country people are pride, prideful people, cause they won't ask for help. I'll do it myself. I don't need your help. Yeah, and you have not cause you ask not, you need some help sometimes. Cause contention. Unity is possible. But number two, we go to verse number two. I'm trying, I want to get to three, is where I want to get tonight. But verse number three, it's what's this. It he said, it is like the precious ointment. You know what that is? The unction. It is the oil that was poured on air, and it's a picture of the Holy Ghost. It is the unction that's precious. Listen, listen, unity is possible. But the unction's precious. And where did the unction go? The unction, he poured it on his head. So you see that it started, it started up here. When the Bible said, when the Bible says the heart of man, in the heart of man, it's not talking about the organ in the chest. It's talking about the knowledge, the knowing, the mind. So when it's in the heart. It's the understanding that we have. It's our heart that moves us. Our understanding of the things we love, that's what moves us. We have that thing. So it starts up here. That's the first thing the oil's got to be put on. When the, oil, <laughs> when the oil gets on top of the head, it's in the right place. You'll be thinking right. You'll be doing right. You'll be seeing right. You'll be speaking right. You'll be hearing right. When the oil gets on the head everything gets better and it is this it is precious it's precious when that happens and he poured it on his head but it didn't just stay on his head it started down (laughs) it didn't just collect on his beard and hang there It started up here where it could be used and understood. It's coming down, now it's coming down. It's coming down to the low place. Praise God. It's You're not always in that place where it's in your mind. You're shouting hallelujah and everything's a sounding right. You're speaking right, everything you see is right. I mean, you're doing everything. You're not always in that place. We're not in that, things come our way that I'm telling you begin to hamper and hinder us. But thank God. The oil didn't just stay up here. It went down to the low place. It's precious. Amen. That word there means valuable. It and the word good is the same Hebrew word in the translation there in verse 1. It's the same Hebrew word. Tob, I think how you pronounce it. But it means valuable when it says it's precious. It's valuable. Oh, how valuable is the oil. Service isn't as good until the oils poured on it. Life, our worship, we can't do what we need to do till the oils poured on us. When the oils on us. Now listen, that's a picture of the Holy Ghost. If you have not the Spirit of Christ, ye are a plus. So there we know we know what it is. We know that you've got to have the Spirit of Christ. And listen, we're all baptized by what, Brother Junior? One spirit into one body. So we see how precious it is. It's the ointment, the unction. It's precious. Listen, unity is possible, but the unction is precious. The unction's what granny had. Well, (laughs) glory. The unction's what granny had. When you lean up against her, and all of a sudden, all the world was made right because she's about neck deep in the unction. Praise God! Hey, the unction is what makes you preach better, sing better, pray better. The unction's what draws you to the Lord. It's precious and valuable. How precious is the unction tonight? The unction's what brings you to church. I stood staying home watching on TV. It's the unction. Now, I'm, uh-huh. I'm down to where I want to preach tonight verse number three. It's what God dealt with me on. And I didn't know what to say about it. I was trying to, I was trying to alliterate this, Randy. Sometimes I just start throwing that out, but I like to do it. It helps me stay on track of my own message. But if, if the unity, the unity is possible. It's possible to be in unity. It is possible, and there's no doubt about the unction being precious. We'll all agree with that. Oh, my word, it's precious. We'll agree with that, but look here. Here's what I, here's what I thought, and you used this word in that song a minute ago. You use this word, is his presence. His undeniable presence. And that's what you see in verse 3. Undeniable presence. Let's watch this now. So he starts talking about Hermon. Hermon's nearly 10,000 feet. It's a mountain in northern Israel. It's nearly 10,000 feet tall. It's where the snow, it looks like the, 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 the Rockies out there, snow's capped on it, 10,000 feet. That's, you know, that's way on up there. It's nearly two miles so there it is. It's just nearly 10,000 feet high. And there it is. It's snow covered all the time. Herman's covered in snow. You saw Herman, Kathy, when you was in Israel. And, you, and there it is. It's snow capped. Now, now, Jerusalem is on a plateau much like we're on, but it's about 500 feet higher than the Cumberland Plateau. I think our highest, well, I'm not talking about renegading them, but up on the plateau generally is about 2,000 feet for the most part. But but Israel where Jerusalem's at, about twenty five hundred feet, hundred feet, one plus or minus. So there we go. We've got a little bit of difference from Herman to Jerusalem, and not only that, there's pretty significant miles apart. I didn't, I didn't research that today. I thought I could recall it, but from memory. But it, the, my forgetter has got ahead of my learner. My, Jimmy Pleasant said that. but it's a pretty good distance. It's farther than from here to Spring City. So, so here we have high Hermon and we got lower Zion. Are, we, are you with me? Yes. Now, it never gets dry on Hermon. Never. It's snow covered. It's so high that any moisture that comes by the snow falls, it turns white, it falls, there it is, it's covered up in snow. But down in Jerusalem now, it gets smoking hot. It's on south. And it's much like the climate of Florida, certain places of Florida. Israel altogether is much like Florida's climate. But here it is, here it is, Hot. Herman's way up here. Stay with me right here just a minute. I'm talking about his undeniable presence. Now listen, his unity is possible and his unction is precious but there's an undeniable presence. Undeniable, you can't deny it. Here's High Hermon. Here's Jerusalem, Zion, Mount Zion. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden it gets hot and dry down here in Jerusalem. It's hot and it's dry. As a matter of fact, until it's rainy season, it dry most of the time. It'll be cold and dry, but when the rain starts, they have the rainy season, about two seasons, what they got, hot and cold. And it's not real cold, but it's wet. But before the wet season comes, it's dry. Are you with me? Stay with me here just a minute. It's dry. But that's the place, that's the place where God dwells. That's where the tabernacle was. David moved the tabernacle, moved the ark, got the tabernacle from Shiloh, or the ark's moved from Shiloh to, to the Mount Zion. There's the tabernacle. The presence of God's represented there. Then they build the temple. He gathers, David gathers all the material. Solomon builds the temple. There's the temple. Now we've got the temple where God dwells between the cherubims. There he is on Zion. But yet in that place, help me right here, Jesus. In that place, even though, even though God's in that place, sometimes it gets hot and dry. It gets dry down there in that place. It never gets dry on, never, David, does it get dry on Herman? But this is the place where God dwells. It should not never get dry down here. I mean, the, the, it ought to be flowing. Here's what happens. When it gets dry, that hot air, that hot air, comes across southern the southern deserts and comes up over Jerusalem. And what happens to hot air? Rises. Thank you, Randy. Science class here for just a moment. Hot air, hot air begins to rise, and the hot air begins to travel. And the hot air gets up there around Herman. And oh, Herman. Says, hey, you're a, little t- you're a little too dry to be up here with me. I'm going to fill you up. So all of a sudden, the hot, dry air now is saturated with the water. Now, it may not be rain, but all of a sudden, the northern wind begins to blow. Where's God seated according to the Scripture? He's in the northern part, praise God. All the southern boys rebel right there but he's in the sides of the north according to the prophet Isaiah and from the northern side the wind begins to blow and all of a sudden those saturated clouds come and settle down and hover over that dry spot and they just wake up one morning and what was hot and dry and seemed like you didn't want to be out there, it looks like it's come a monsoon, what is that that's the dew of Hermon the dew's heavy enough to wet the plants the dew's heavy enough to satisfy the sheep they feed and graze where the dew from Hermon has fallen David said here's what it is it's like the dew that come from Hermon fell down on us and then God commands a blessing on them and says hey eat till you're full What is that? That's an undeniable presence. It's when you don't think he's there. And he just drops the dew from Herman. See, Herman's a high place. And it's where we couldn't live. We couldn't live there. It's too high for us. But God dwells there. And God sees us in that dry time. And He says, You just hang on. The dews are coming. And when the dew comes, I'm going to command a blessing on you. The dews are coming. So I'm not seeing the dude just yet, Lord. Maybe, you know what? The prayers of the saints rise up. The prayers of the saints rise up. Maybe those hot, dry prayers need to rise. And go from where God's dwelling right here. Now he's still, yeah, well, the reason I can say that, God's omniscient, he's omnipresent. You know that he's between the cherubims and he's on Herman, But he does different work here. He's receiving sacrifices and blood on the, uh, between the cherubims. At Herman, he's giving the blessings. Mm-hmm. I said it before I ever started the message. Where's every good gift come from? So he's on Herman. He's down here receiving the sacrifice and the blessing. Or the blood. He's on Herman giving the blessing. There it is. Hot and dry. I just ain't seeing it. God said, just keep on praying. The wind's going to pick up. The wind's going to pick up. If that prayer gets hot enough, Randy said it'll begin to rise. It's what hot air does. That prayer gets hot enough, that breeze begins to go up. And (laughs) we're... And when it gets high enough, maybe it's just not got there yet, but we just keep on trusting Him. And when it gets high enough, all of a sudden, praise God, the accumulation begins and all of a sudden it fills up. And that dry place is going to get covered with the water of the word. Praise the Lord. We can drink our full, wash ourselves, whatever the need be. There's water replenishing, and it comes like dew from Hermon. He hadn't run out. He won't move. He won't change. No, he said, I'm God, and I change not. We change We get sick Newt's sick He's sick He was sick Sunday And he came in here and played anyway He's sick Randall. I'm still praying God's still able I don't know what he's gonna do. Diane Borst is probably the toughest woman I ever met in my life. I saw her yesterday and her foot was gone. She raised her leg right way up and said, it's gone brother. I said, that's pretty much that's it. She's not complaining. She said, this thing woke up last night and they can't to get the pain under control. Well, she had another surgery today and it's not just the foot's gone now, some more's gone. I don't know how much. And I'm not worried about HIPAA violation because if I tell you about it, I'm hoping you'll pray for her. And there she was. Here's what she said about that. She said, you keep praying for me. I said, oh, I'm gonna do that. She said She said, this is gonna be quite an adjustment for me. I said, well, I reckon it is, because that thing got to heal completely up before you can start putting a prosthetic some kind on there. I mean, she's got a way to go before they strap artificial limb on her. She said, it's it's gonna be a challenge, but I'll just do, I'll just do what I have to do. I said, yeah, there's not a doubt in my mind You'll do what you have to do. That's dry. But I'm telling you, I got to praying, and you know what? I felt the water falling. I felt the water falling. I seen another boy in another hospital yesterday. He's in a different hospital and Diane's in. He should have been saved yesterday, but he wasn't. I believe he will. <laughs> I believe he will, but he wasn't. I I walked in. I, I mean, God just worked everything out exactly. The timing was perfect. I couldn't have done this. As a matter of fact, I was aggravated because I thought I was late. I'm always aggravated when I'm late. That's my wife. She'll amen that. sometimes it's past aggravation. I'm downright mad. Sometimes I get mad. And I get there and here they come. Here comes a girl with him in a wheelchair. I'm standing at the elevator. I thought, praise God, look at this. I'll just follow you to your room. He said, well, come on. I followed him to the room. I started talking to him about the Lord. And I'd just been to where he works a week ago and God on him about coming to church, getting right with God. They didn't pay no mind. He's a listening now. Sometimes God's got to get us in a place we don't want to be for we'll listen to what he's got to say. He's listening now. And I'm telling you, when I, I just opened my mouth began to speak and the water started falling. And I thought, hallelujah. I'm about to get out of control right here in a hospital They'll put me in the funny wing that they got over there on this thing. He wouldn't be saved, but the water fell. The water fell. These things that I've talked about tonight, that unity, that unction, and that undeniable presence is all benefits of the brethren. It's the brethren that lay claim to that. It follows the text all the way down. It begins with the brethren and it's in reference to the brethren all the way down. When that says brethren there, it means the sisterin too. It's the saved. It's the people of God. Are you living with those benefits tonight? We stand at our feet, bow our heads all over the house. Maybe you're in a place where the unity's not there. Maybe you need the unction poured on you. You just need the unction. The thing that strengthens us, helps us, helps us hear Helps us see, helps us to understand. Maybe you need that unction. Maybe you need to feel his undeniable presence. You need some help. I've been praying, Brother Mike, I've been praying, but it's just not happening. Oh, just keep sending them up. Herman's still there. When it gets to Herman, he'll get all the water you need. It'll satisfy you and help you. Listen, I'm preaching from experience tonight. When you don't know and understand and there don't seem to be any logical reasoning behind whatever, listen, it's not just our family that's going through trials. Look at Diane today. Look at the others in the church since we just had funerals. Look at New, Brother New, they'll be sick tonight. Listen, it's everywhere every day, but there's a benefit to being in the brethren, in the family of God. Listen, we can get in unity with the Lord. We can have the precious unction poured on us and His undeniable presence. <laughs> Others need to come, we got people praying. Others need to come, Jewel just keep playing soft. She's just gonna play and you can pray. This is real church time now. It's all been preliminary up to this point. This is the part that makes a difference when we call out, Oh God, oh God. (laughs) God, oh God. Sometimes I grab the leg of that old Singer sewing machine that I pray under every day. And I don't know what to say. I just grab the leg and hug it up tight and say, God, oh God. Oh God. 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 Sometimes that's all we got sin, I'm telling you. Heard Tony Durham say 28 years ago over here in this church in a revival, Tony said, tears are a language only God understands. I remember that from 28 years ago. Tears are a language only God understands. You need help tonight, you ought to come. Many's come. There's still room. It's still time. Herman's still there. Herman's still there. He's a helping. He's a hearing. Praise God. He's a healing. That's our God. We thank you. Bless the Lord. Praise God. Thank you for being in church with us tonight. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.